0: provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sports, and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. But before I get started, I want to give a shout out to Mudgear, makers of the best training and racing gear in OCR. Mudgear was the first compression gear built tough enough to help you conquer obstacles. When you race this season, look on the podium. You'll see top pros wearing Mudgear. Built tougher for OCR and made in the USA. Nothing else compares on the course. Check it out at mudgear.com and use my promo code DHP for a 10% discount off your order. Now sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. Okay, so this is going to be a bit of a challenge. I've got Steve Hammond up on a mountain someplace holding his cell phone up in the air to try to get signal. And then I have Mike Ferguson on the other line. So I got the two of these fellows together so we could discuss the past weekend's events. We're going to talk a little bit about how things shook out at the Spartan event in San Jose. And then we're going to discuss what occurred on Sunday for TMX in Sacramento. Hi, guys. Hey, how you doing? doing? Excellent, excellent. So, Mike, uh, pleased to meet you. We've never had a chance to formally meet.
1: Yeah, yeah, agreed. uh, It's nice to finally uh, connect with you and uh, hopefully run into you here local race or somewhere. Are you going to be at any of the other NBC races?
0: You know, I don't know. To be honest with you, you know, because I, I'm a terrible spectator. I'm a terrible spectator. I have to have purpose in order for me to show up at one of these events. And um, I uh, I came to those two races, one to help represent my young buck in VJ Jones. and yep. And then my old buck, at the TMX in Hunter McIntyre. So I felt like I had a bit of a purpose. Uh, I spent a little time you know, getting in their heads and then uh, I was out. So to be honest with you, you guys going to have to help me because after the elite heat on Saturday in San Jose, I, I had a go. I left, went up to Sacramento and same thing occurred. Actually, even after the preliminaries were over on Sunday, I had to catch a flight. So I think my interpretation of what occurred over the weekend is probably going to be a little spotty, mm-hmm. but uh, we have Steve Hammond, the master course guy for Spartan. How are how we doing, Richard? Well, you know what? If there was another one of me being twins, that would probably make up for all the wonderfulness that I'm having right now.
2: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I saw you on Saturday and you were teasing me saying that you bought a bottle of whiskey. And uh, <laughs> uh, But you were, you were going off to the, uh, the Tough murder, so uh, uh, it was a shame that we couldn't share it. But next time, absolutely.
0: I swear to God, I, I stopped off on the way to the airport, picked up an 18-year-old bottle of single malt scotch with your name on it. Oh,
2: that's fantastic. With, with your name
0: on it. And uh, I even brought a fistful of Cuban cigars just in the event that we had a lot of time.
2: Oh, that sounds delightful.
0: <laughs> but as is it, is it uh, turned out, uh, that it just didn't get a chance to happen because I was tight on time and the last thing I wanted to try to do is pound a bottle of scotch with you and then have to drive 90 miles to Sacramento. That just would not have went well.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, let, let, let's not try and do that one.
0: <laughs> right, so let's talk about Saturday's event. Let's talk about how that all shook out. First of all, let me just say, credit to you guys. That was an amazing course.
2: Yeah, thank you. And it's um, we, we've got an amazing team, and uh, like I, I'm just glad to be part of the uh, collaboration um, of uh, of the run up to the event. We had a really tough time with all the rain that we had, of uh, where and what the course was going to be like, and um, ended up uh, ended up you know with with the race director and the uh, the race planner and the build director and and everyone else. Uh, we came up with a uh, uh, with what I thought was a awesome course and um, uh, some really good hills, some surprises in it as well um, and uh, and some good obstacle layout. so um, I thought all in all with it being a very tough um, venue with some of the roads being closed um, due to so much rain, um, I thought the uh, the layout on Saturday just just ran so well for us.
0: How did your race go for you Mike?
2: Um, Saturday was good. I was shooting for
1: a top 10 and I found myself in ninth place at the very end. And, uh, this is the first time this has ever happened to me in my life and I will make sure it never happens again. But I got through the multi-rig and I whiffed on the bell four inches to the right. I think I saw you do. I don't, I don't know. Like when I hit the ground, I was almost trapped. Like, did I really just swing and miss the bell? Um, and, uh, so I was hoping for a clean race, and I missed that bell on the final rig, and that, so I went from 9th to 12th. Oh. So that's a hard one to swallow, but um, I'll be ready for Seattle. And I, I'm actually going to take the approach that Hobie does is grab the bell from now on Yeah, um, before I let go. But I've never missed a bell before in my life. That was the first time it ever happened.
0: I saw a few people do that.
1: Yeah, it's it's a hard one.
0: What about, uh, what about your quads on, on those initial climbs? Did you find that you started to get kind of wiped out on the climbs?
1: Uh, Yes. Um, and being in the Midwest, we don't really have any mountains. So, um, I do a lot of training on like local ski hills and we're talking like hours up and down, up and down. And then even that, that doesn't even compare to what we just raced last weekend. So, um, I'm pretty good on the flats, and I try to get out front on the flats and try to give myself a little cushion. And then the climbing, um, it, that, Steve, that was steep, man. That's, <laughs> that, that was crazy steep. So um, I'm a very good downhill runner, so I didn't mind how steep the downhill was. I actually caught ground on a lot of people that pulled away from me on the initial climb. So it kind of balanced
0: out. Steve, now, you you told me a moment ago that you enjoyed the downhills.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the hills, and I love the setup there. I mean, um, I raced on the Sunday, which was super fun, and it was actually um, really wet because it rained on the Saturday and Saturday night. And so the Sunday was a um, – although it was a sprint, it was a different kettle of fish. Um, it, uh, there was obstacles that were really wet, tires were disgusting um the olympus was disgusting and downhills was you know treacherous and uh that's where i gained a bit of ground and finished a lot further up than uh, i probably should have
0: (laughs) well no i believe that you should have been there you should have probably at least been top five um i i know uh i had vj race sunday i was a little disappointed in his finish on saturday he was doing so well for the first five miles and yeah. his quads just fell apart on him on the cl- that one big climb.
2: And yeah, I saw him out on course, and he said he was just cramping.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was he was all cramped up, and he was right where I yeah. wanted him to be. He was uh, fourth place, uh, coming out of the spear throw, and then he made his way up that hill, and that was the end of it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think the course was quite deceptive for a lot of people, where um, uh. They knew that it was gonna be a hard out the gate and uh, a, lot of, um, a lot of hills for the first four miles. But then the back half was, and uh, Mike, you can chip in with this, uh, um, the, the latter part in the course um, definitely surprised a few people. There was a lot of steep hills, although uh, many of them very short, leading up to some difficult obstacles like Twister, and um, there was one just before Bender. Um, and then there was one big hill in the back half, about seven miles, which uh, um, which surprised a lot of people. And uh, I think there was some definite, definite um, sort of in uh, from fifth place to tenth place, there was a lot of go- kind of going backwards and forwards um, where uh, people kind of just blew up on those hills, especially in the women's race.
0: Yeah. Now, speaking of the women's race, I'll tell you what, I gained a tremendous amount of respect for Rhea Kobel. Right? Holy absolutely. cow, man.
2: All uh, that boulder training. She's been training in Colorado and just killing these hills. And Jeez, she she absolutely killed it out there.
0: Well, I've been working with Faye a little bit here and there, and uh, I really felt very, very strongly that Faye was going to outrun her. I'm so glad I didn't bet money on it <laughs> um, because Faye had a solid race. I thought, and, um, she had an edge when, uh, when Rhea had met, missed the spear throw, she was 30 seconds back at that point, And then she made it up, got 30 seconds ahead and Rhea just caught her and went by her on those hills. Like there was no tomorrow. It was crazy. Yeah,
2: uh, she, she was amazing. I think, um, you know, not not jumping out of myself just yet, but um, Seattle is going to be such an exciting race because you know the likes of you, Mike and uh, Faye, are going to are going to be right up there, if not way way ahead, because it's such a flat, fast course. And this is what's so exciting about this race series is that uh, there's going to be a ton of different um you know races like big bear is just all about the hiking because the hills there are so steep and um you know chicago could can be a completely different kettle of fish as well so um i think there's definitely uh um there's not going to be the same people winning all the time is what I, is what i predict
0: i well, agree well i, I agree l- i like Faye on a flat she's got good speed And she sustains it. And and I I think maybe that might nullify someone like Rhea. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm not going to count her out anymore. That's for sure.
2: (laughs) No, absolutely not. Well, she worked on her uh, uh, strength. Like, I was really impressed. She's not been very good at the twisters and the multi-rigs, especially if they're a bit tough. And, uh, you know, she's always been quick feet. So to see Rhea go through um, the rigs and the upper body stuff um, really smoothly, uh, is 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 awesome because she needed that and and that's completely elevated herself into uh, um, you know not not just a dark horse for the world championships but an absolute absolute, absolute contender.
0: Yeah, and then speaking of speed, Ryan Wood, my God. <laughs> he, you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he, he just <laughs> he just ran he, away from the field.
2: Yeah, I mean he is. Um, it's it's really. Really interesting when you put something on which is like you know eight to ten percent gradient then uh, i think robert killian is like amazing at that then put something at kind of 30 percent gradient if not more on some of those hills that's where ryan woods has just got that leg strength um to ah, oh, he was unbelievable on those hills i i could not believe that he ran pretty much all the way up there um, you know, <laughs> from setup, I walked, the, I hiked those hills a lot and my, my legs are sore. Um, but he, he ran that whole lot all the way up pretty much. Yeah.
0: And uh, what he had a good solid minute on the field as he was coming off the Herkhoist, as I saw it. You know, another impressive uh, showing was Ryan Kent. He came out of nowhere on that race.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think he came out of nowhere. Um, I think he's been doing a lot of strength training. And the thing is with um, someone like Kent, he lives in Mammoth. And if, if anyone knows where Mammoth is, it's one of the most mountainous places in California. So he does his mountain running. And I've seen him do some, uh, you know, some of the local races where they just race from the bottom of Mammoth to the top. You know, it's like 4,000 feet difference. And he's he's right up there with, the you know, the likes of great mountain runners like Tim Tomlinson and stuff. So he he can run uphill. And he's got the leg and muscle power, um, for that, for that hiking. Um, plus he's got good downhill strength and he crushed the bucket. So I'm not surprised that, um, he crushed people, um, you know, and, and did really, really well. The thing is on a flatter course, um, like Seattle, it'd be interesting to see how he does.
0: Well, I spoke to him just before the race on Saturday and he had told me that he's not been doing running because he's been having a little bit of a problem with one of his legs. Uh, right. right on his shin, he was having some issues. And so his his running volume was way down. And he told me that he wasn't really hoping for much at the uh, the Spartan event, that he was gearing up for TMX. And that was the reason he was there that weekend. And I had told VJ, you know, I was trying to give VJ a sense of what his competition was going to be like, and I said, "Well, don't worry about Ryan. He he just told me he's not running, so he's not expecting much." And boy, I'll tell you what, I they had a sucker at the poker table on Saturday. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I uh, I actually had a conversation with both guys after the race. Um, what I thought was interesting is uh, Ryan Woods. Uh, he said he's been keeping his volume about the same. But uh, two things is he said that he's been cutting back on alcohol and sweets. So he's down eight pounds from last year. Uh. <laughs> and uh, he said he feels incredible. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And then with Kent, I also talked to him as well. And he said that, like you said, Rich, he's maybe running 15 to 18 miles a week right uh, now. Yeah. Maybe. So I thought that was really kind of caught me off guard, like, wow, I'm doing five, six, seven times that. So that's incredible.
0: How much running are you getting?
1: I'm doing around 55 a week.
0: Okay. Yep. And and incidentally, that's one of the things that I took away from the race as a coach. And I spoke to most of my clients and said, guess what we're doing now? Lots and lots of long hill repeats. I think that the people out there that are listening to this – that are going into these events and their, their typical MO is to run under 20, 25 miles a week. Um, If they're trying to figure out why they're being injured and they're trying to figure out why they're incapable of uh, finishing well, I think that's it. I agree.
1: I agree. There's, there's many weeks where I'm like, I, I need to cut back. I mean, I I know some people can run a hundred miles a week and I know my body just can't do that. And for the races I'm doing, I don't know if, I don't know if I really need to go much more than 55, as long as it's quality. But there's times I feel like I need to dial it back to 30, even, sometimes. Well,
0: I think it's very specific to the individual. And uh, I've seen guys go too far with their volume and and end up in trouble. And clearly, coming in too short with your volume is also a problem. And as you suggested, it's got to be quality. You know, I think Mm -hmm. every time you put your foot on the ground in a run, it should be with intent.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, take Hobie Cole for instance, and he's, uh, you know, he claimed that he hardly uh, ran at all, like three or four miles at a time. Um, Yet he does so much other stuff and conditioning and lunges and, you know, the strength training for running up hills. And uh, he, you know, he's obviously incredible. Um, And then you go to Rare Koble, who puts in 100-mile week.
0: Exactly. Right. Well, I'll tell you what a lot of people are not aware of. And you would assume that uh, Hunter, given that he's been so focused on these uh, high-intensity short duration events that he's not been doing much running, but he had told me that he's been uh, baseline about 50 miles a week, even though he's been spending so much time in the gym. Okay. I just think that if, if you don't have, I think there's a lot of latitude you can gain over your volume. Assuming that somewhere along the way you earned your stripes, you've got to a place where you're impervious to damage because of the volume. That's key. And then it becomes a function of how well you orchestrate the intensity. Yeah, I agree. Steve is a mountain runner. That's like just in his DNA,
2: right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I my mountain running, but I'm really in like I can try and grab a race when I can and really, really enjoyed um, course on Sunday. And it was great to, um, you know, be amongst the likes of uh, some of the greats.
0: Well, I gotta tell you, Steve, uh, you, know, you don't give yourself enough credit. I can't even imagine the general fatigue that sets in, having to deal with that course all weekend and then decide to pop into a race. Oh, I'm exhausted at the start
2: line, but that's definitely <laughs> no excuse. I make the choice that gun I'm, um, you know, like it's, it's. I, I go into a different person. I do it because I love it, and I know I love it. And uh, sometimes it is difficult. Um, the team are amazing because they allow me to race. They cover me for that hour that I'm out there, but then I go straight back to work. But, um, you know, the Sunday morning, I, I kind of, you know, we're, we're out on course at four o'clock in the morning. We get out, make sure that, every, you know, to make sure all the gates were open, all the course was um, good. And um, everything was, was perfect. And then at seven o'clock, I, you know, suddenly jump into my shorts and and off we go
0: (laughs) yeah well i think that uh it should be an even playing field you got to get the top five guys to come help with the course the night before and then get in the morning and race with you and see how you do (laughs)
2: uh yeah i mean i i can't wait for a race where i'm feeling like top fresh and uh good to go and um and and you know see what i bring but um I suppose the advantage is like, um, you know, every everyone had the super course on the Saturday, so everyone is feeling fatigued. You know, I had a really good competition, and like everyone was feeling very tired on the start line.
0: At the uh, World Championships last year, same thing applied. You were on the course all day, for days, I'm assuming, and then oh, did, yeah. did the uh, the ultra distance event
2: come Sunday. I did do the ultra beast that was uh, that was awesome I'm I'm not gonna do that again this year um, <laughs> there was too much um, it, it, it was absolutely too much I did that two years in a row and um, you know I was really hoping to get into the top ten I did again I think it came ninth eighth or ninth and um, I was actually put myself in a really good position with about four miles to go and I blew up um, I had a tough, I had a tough race, but, uh, I think I was fifth for a long time and, uh, and then couldn't turn it up. I just, I just crashed big time.
0: Wow. Well, I mean, again, my hat's off to you. Cause I know you were working your butt off as you normally do going into that event. I just couldn't imagine just most guys don't have the tenacity for that.
2: <laughs> well, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Or, or stupidity. I don't know. <laughs> Mike, did you go do TMX? No, no. You, you did the sprint, uh, right?
1: I just did the sprint the second day. I was going to ask you since you had went out there, you know, what was your takeaway on the TMX? Because I'm not going to say I'm not going to jump into one, but right now Spartan is kind of my main focus, especially the the series. Um, but I may jump into a TMX, but I'd just like to know kind of what your takeaway was and what you what kind of what you thought of it on well, Sunday.
0: I got to tell you, not to be a party crasher, but I tell you, I think I was pretty disappointed as an event production is concerned. I mean, honestly, I, I've, put, I've put on events before, so I understand what, what the, uh, the nature of the business is and how difficult it is. And, you know, given that the weather was not accommodating, there was a lot of rain, but there was a lot of rain at Spartan as well. I got to TMX early. I think I was probably the first person there other than the staff. The place was just in complete disarray. There was, I mean, honestly, the the event should have been set up for spectators. It's a one-mile course. It's a closed circuit. I mean, the whole benefit of that type of an event is to offer something up for television. CBS is there to cover it. And there was just very, very little spectator value in that event. You know, you have to appreciate that the family, older folk that come out to the site, it just was not very... uh, conducive to being a spectator and was uh, it
1: set up differently than the minnesota one that they had last year because i was there at that one and i know that was very spectator friendly you can see yes 95 of the course
0: yeah and i and i had a lot of people i wasn't at minnesota i I declined but but I, i was told by several people that the minnesota event was far and away more organized cleaner event And uh, the other end of it was I was watching just the judging over the athletes on the course and some of the functional lifts. And, you know, if if you were lucky enough to get somebody that was going to count for you properly or allow you the levity of getting away with not getting your chin over the bar and the chin ups. You know, there was just a lot of fluff in respect to the way things were being graded or judged. But I like the format. I think the format is amazing. To me, it's more of a fitness challenge than it is an obstacle course race. Yep. Uh, it, it carries a lot of latitudes with uh, CrossFit competition. I mean, all in all, it was a great event. The, the athletes that, that came and fought did an amazing job. Hunter was just a phenom on the course. And uh, Isaiah Vidal just really did a great job in the finals and uh, very, very close to beating Hunter which I didn't think that was even possible. And I watched, I stuck around for the, uh, the initial heats, and Hunter was in the last heat. Prior to that, Isaiah was in the lead over the pack by about a minute over the field. And Hunter came in and crushed that time by, geez, it was almost two minutes. It was, I think- uh, Oh my. <laughs> I, th- I think Isaiah, Isaiah had a 11.43 in the uh, preliminaries, and Hunter came in in 10.03. Wow. And he had room. I mean, he he was nearly finished on the course and was screaming at me how much time had transpired. And I made the mistake of telling him that he was at nine minutes. He had plenty of time. So he slowed down. Mm, Yep. But then the finals, everything changed. The the weight got heavier. They added that that heavy bag toss over the shoulder, which was a, a, a gnarly, gnarly addition to the course. And I think he finished that one in 1140 ish and beat Isaiah by about 23 seconds. But Isaiah was leading for a good part of that race. So he had a really strong showing. And I know that it caused Hunter to pause and consider that. And I, you know, I texted him afterwards. I said, We got some work to do, buddy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's not
0: going to be the cakewalk that he had hoped. Yeah, I, I watched
2: some of the uh, I watched some of the live coverage, and I was really excited to see, you know, those athletes that we uh, um, that we watch on some different courses, and I'm quite blown away by, um, you know, someone like Hunter and Bredell seeing them on like a World Championship course, and then the Tough Matter X is almost a different sport, and um, it's amazing that they, you know, just top of their game on both events, which is incredible.
0: Well, the fellow that finished third is a uh, top ten in CrossFit, I think, in the world. And, wow! Yeah, Hunter invited the guy to come out and try the race, and he had zero idea what he was facing, and doesn't do any running whatsoever, and he finished in third place. So,
2: nice. Wow!
0: That gives you a sense of what that course is about. It's really strength oriented, and um, yep. if you if you don't have real high power strength going into an event like that, um, I, I almost came away thinking a lot of those guys should just go ahead and go home after the uh, preliminaries because a lot of good athletes, good solid athletes in OCR were punching the clock at about 14, 15 minutes. And when you consider that the event is only a mile and you're four minutes back of the leader, that's a long way back.
2: Yes, yeah.
0: it is. It's like, uh, you know, in a... In a
2: that's uh, about
0: so- go ahead.
2: Sorry, I was just going to um, just jump back slightly um, on your on your comment about uh, sort of disorganised events. And uh, Tough Mudder is um, uh, uh, Tough Mudder X is a very new concept. So uh, I think you'll find in like uh, the next few races and and definitely next year that this format will like clean right up and uh, ex- expect like a top top event. I can't wait to go and do one. Tough Matter X is not quite where I'm at, but the eight-hour, I think it's the toughest, is definitely uh, right up my street. Um, but, um, you know, Tough Matter are a very new competition, and it's great to see that they have stepped up their game, and I'm excited to see, um, you know, uh, more more from that, uh, which is pretty awesome. Well, I
0: agree with you. I, I agree with you, and I think that, obviously, I, I hope that they pull it off and that they, they clean it up a little bit so that um, they don't cause people to shy away from it because I could tell you a lot of people were telling me that they enjoyed the type of competition and they were really concerned that the event was going to survive. When you go into an event and the the feeling you get, uh, by the way, it almost seems to be a second thought. It wasn't really like their intent to throw down a a really quality event. It almost seemed like the, the little fudge they packed on the back end of a weekend of racing. And I, I just didn't like the way it felt. I would've have liked to have felt like they you know, they were looking for that to be the premier event for the weekend.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, um so from putting on events it's very like you can focus on one big event and they have so much stuff going on they're trying to pack in. And it's the same with Spartan when we try and do so much stuff as well, you know, one thing is obviously, you know, the ball's gonna be dropped somewhere, um if we try and pack too much in. And um it's, it's difficult to put on just sort of one focused event, um, you know, just for like top athletes, um, especially in obstacle course racing, because it takes a lot of time and a lot of money to set up. So we are relying on these open waves um, to, uh, um, you know, to, to provide uh, the elites, but also... Difficult to cater for like absolutely everything, and when you put a um, when you put a uh, an extra event in the mix, sometimes that can be difficult to put all your focus on. So um, you know, one thing maybe dropped from that, and uh, so you know, I'm sure when Tough Matter sort of figure it out, that that Tough Matter X is going to be uh, going to be absolutely awesome, great for uh, spectators as well, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to that. Well, I think that they need to keep it in a stadium
0: environment for it to be easy for spectators to get access to and um, also just have an arena environment to put on that event. Yeah. It's perfect for a stadium, I think.
2: Yeah, to- to- totally agree. I mean, that's what CrossFit do it in stadiums, and it is cross- very similar to CrossFit.
0: Yeah. So, Mike, what's your next race? You're going to Seattle, right?
1: Seattle, yeah, what, two, two and a half, three weeks? Yeah. It's coming um, up. That was uh, the best performance of my entire race career last year. So um, I'm hoping to have a repeat of that. I think I finished eighth. Excellent.
2: Halfway through that race, Mike, you were, you were in third place for a little bit until uh, did you miss the spear throw or something?
1: Yes, me and Robert Killian came into the spear, or I came in a little bit behind him at the spear throw. I was in third place, and I missed my spear. So, um, yeah, otherwise yeah. I honestly think I could have stayed with him for a podium position.
2: Yeah. So
1: I, I, that I, was I, in the I, last I mile. <laughs> so, um, we got friends out there. I'm going to get out there a few days early. Um, we, it's gorgeous out there. The venue is gorgeous. I'm hoping it's super muddy. I feel like I race better on super muddy courses. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it, but yeah, to answer your question, all, all the NBC races. So, uh, Utah, uh socal chicago west virginia i think that's it unless i'm missing one more
2: are you going to be at seattle steve i am going to be at seattle i'm um yeah it's going to be an awesome course um a lot different from last year we're not going to the back end um so it's all going to be on the front side so very very spectator friendly um and very uh and very fast so relatively heavy carries like uh like last time but uh Um, nothing out of an ordinary.
0: What about Big Bear?
2: Well, Big Bear is steep.
0: Steep. on the San Jose. (laughs) You know how many people I've talked to that said they don't want to do Big Bear again because it just beat the hell out of them?
2: Oh, my gosh. Oh, you wait, mate. You wait. (laughs) That's crazy.
0: Have you been to Big Bear?
2: No, I have not. So, um,
1: (laughs) when I hear about how steep San Jose is, I, uh... (laughs) I can't imagine a steeper course than
0: that. So I um uh, Well the the advantage start preparing. I would imagine that the advantage in San Jose was it's not at elevation. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah I never felt winded. Yes. Yeah, so I I never felt like we were at Tahoe where when we got way up there, I was my lungs. It was just the grade of how steep that was. So um what is the elevation out there in Big Bear? Do do we know? Yeah, it's about
2: seven thousand feet. 8,
0: okay. But it starts there, doesn't it? It, go, it goes taller than that, right?
2: Um, no, I think I think it goes to um, I, I've forgotten for sure. Uh, I didn't know, but it's around it's around that level of about eight thousand feet.
0: Okay. Well, San Jose it's was not prob- the
2: biggest mountain in the world, but you go up and down it a
0: lot. Yeah, but the San Jose, at best, was probably no greater than a thousand feet, right?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was barely that. So. Yeah. Um, you are not gonna get any any out of breath there um apart from <laughs> your own exhaustion. Right.
0: Well fellas, look I I, uh, I appreciate having both of you come on to, to chat with me. Steve, you know, you are a brother from another mother. I I, I will, <laughs>
2: absolutely
0: I'm gonna catch you I'm gonna catch you one day where the bottle's still full and, <laughs> and we're gonna sit down and we're gonna try to solve all the world's problems one evening.
2: And, yeah, and, can't wait to shoot with you i want to get you in my lab that'd be great i'd love to uh, you know what richard i would love to come down and so thank you for the invite
0: uh yeah well we we need to get you in here because i think i could probably uh cinch your top five
2: that would be that would be amazing that'd be absolutely amazing (laughs) i mean um so one of my highlights for the weekend was actually running with mike ferguson who mikey you spent about four minutes of the tire waiting for kindly waiting for me
1: <laughs> we
2: got to re- we got to run together for a bit that was one of my favorite one of my favorite moments running with one of the great. so thank you
1: steve i agree that was one of the worst parts of my weekend but that was one of the best parts of my weekend of just <laughs> that tire I, I couldn't flip it and and i tried i spent four minutes there and then i'm like i, I just i can't spend it i can't waste any more time so i went and did burpees and then you and I are side by side running. And I'm like, that's the worst part of the race. But now I'm running next to Steve. And I'm like, this is awesome to be next to you know, one of your good buddies. So I totally agree.
0: I heard that that tire was held on Sunday. Because of the frost. Right.
1: Um, I think most of us could flip it up once. And then I actually set it down on my feet like the other guys. And I, my hat goes off to VJ and to John Penland and all the other guys that were able to get it. I just. I, that frost, I, like I was digging my fingernails into it, and I still, I just, I couldn't get, I couldn't get it back up the other direction.
0: Yeah, speaking of which, John Penland, yeah. just a young buck, he had a pretty good showing.
1: He had a great showing, yeah. That's one of Bracken's up-and-coming guys that he's, that Bracken Crocker uh, coaches, so. Yeah,
0: yeah, I had a ha- hand on him myself. He, he flew out, him and his father flew out to visit with me, and I spent some time with, with him in the lab, um, latter part of last year.
2: Yeah, he's oh, phenomenal.
0: Is he, is, he, is he 17? I think he is, yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: He, uh, he will be a name in the sport. Yep. That is for sure.
0: Yep.
2: It's, it's so good to see these up and coming up. The other young buck coming up who, uh, who's been a bit of a rival of mine is the young 16-year-old Jamie Nahr who's um, also really, really good. Like at 16, just coming off, you know, um i think he's quite good at cross country at school and he's he's doing extremely well in the uh in the event
0: yeah i heard that as well well fellas again it was a pleasure having both of you on i apologize to the audience for the audio steve is a trooper he's climbed a tree he's up on the mountain holding his cell phone (laughs) over his head to try to find reception so i'm gonna do the best i can to clean this up but um Again, thank you both for coming on, and uh, I hope to see you guys soon.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you again. No worries. Thank you
0: for having me, Richard. You're a legend. As you are, my brother. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.